Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for creatives and entrepreneurs seeking knowledge, purpose, and community. Brought to you by creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy, every episode is recorded at our headquarters in Niceville, Florida. We're excited to share our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors, all willing to share with you their diverse wisdom and experience. So happy to have you with us today. Let's get started. Hello. Hi, guys. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke, and I'm very excited because this is our final episode in our series on generations. And I know this is the one that y'all have been waiting for. <laughs> and I have been, and it's, subsequently, this is also the, the one that was recorded last, just so you guys know. And so I've been very excited about this one. Gen Z and millennials were hosted by others. They wouldn't let me in those. And then Gen X. And now we have baby boomers with us. And I just want to introduce our guests. And you know all three of these ladies because they have been previous Francis Roy, um, Hello Francis guests. So they're pros. Marsha Hull, newly retired, former CEO of the Maticulli Arts Foundation. Hello, Marsha. Hello, Chantel. Gail Pelto. You guys remember Gail because we talked about customer service and all this really great things. And she's a realtor extraordinaire. Hello, Gail. Hello, Ms. Chantel. Nice to be here. Thank you so much. And Lori Lee Smith, who is the publisher editor for Life Media. She has been on our um, show talking about media and starting a publication. Hi, Lori. Hello. Okay. So I will say that this is interesting. And you guys tell me if this is a generational thing or not, but our two gentlemen, they're late. (laughs) (laughs) and i'm holding their business cards up for visual y'all can't see it you know what i'm gonna go uh oh here's phil i'm already talking bad about him so i'm gonna let him (laughs) (laughs) he's coming in hi phil he's connecting to this (laughs) hi phil hi guys i apologize no you're fine I forgot to take my memory medication this morning. (laughs) Well, you're (laughs) head first in and we're recording. So that was very timely. Thank you very much. I hope that's not a baby boomer thing. (laughs) I I think it is. I think it is. Hey, so say hi. This is my wife, Pat. Hi, Pat. So we just stopped and, and I gave her the wheel and now I'm sitting in the driver's seat. So the passenger. I'm a passenger. I mean, I'm in the passenger seat. So. He really needs meds. He needs meds. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking about Jeff Powell is going to pop in here as well. So this is Phil. Phil is the area director for Into Publishing. Phil, thanks so much for being with us and participating today. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And then Jeff Powell, who's the president of Building Bikes for Veterans, he's going to join us as well. And I just want to give the Destin Rotary Club a little bit of a shout out here because I feel like that's deserved. They're an awesome organization. Last week, they invited me to speak to their group. And I have to say that was just the most welcomed I'd ever felt since I had moved here. It was so amazing. And I was like, you know, I really need to fill our podcast for the baby boomers generation. And all of these people rose their hand, like, hands went up and it was just like, yes. So, so I think you want to be a member, don't you? So yeah, I was approached. 
Yeah, I was approached, which is awesome. And Shervin Rasa and Bill Lindsley are going to co-sponsor me or there's some sort of process. I know there's a process, so I will adhere to that. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but. There's always a process. Yes. So I'm really, really excited. Everybody was awesome. Don't y'all have an event coming up though? Like a crawfish Crawfish bash? bash. Yeah, the crawfish bash. Mm -hmm. Right. We could use your help in that. I'd love to help with that. And that's May the 7th, right? Yeah. At at the town center at Seascape. Nice. And you can get all you can eat or you can get a plate. There's going to be some other items for the kids. And silent auction. There's Zydeco music. There's stuff for kids. It's a big family event. And you can go to the Destin Rotary Facebook page. Or you can go to the Rotary Club of Destin.com, I believe. Or you can reach out to any of us and we can get you tickets as well. Absolutely. And the money raised goes to Harvest House. And what are the other ones? Food for Thought. I think the Boys and Girls Club. Boys and Girls Club. um, Maddie Kelly Arts Foundation. The Maddie Kelly Arts Foundation, yes. Nice. Marsha Hall, retired, still so freaking plugged in. <laughs> so we've got a great the raffle. Way baby boomers are. <laughs> we're going to donate bourbon for the raffle. Right. <laughs> hey, I'll right donate there. some bourbon for the raffle. We can do okay. that. Okay. You just send it to De- uh, Kevin. Okay. I can do that. Y'all know it's almost derby time. So that's yes. where I'm from. Woo-hoo. So we're very excited. But. I want to jump into the questions here. So we have some time for that. And I know Jeff is going to jump in also. So we'll bring him in. But Baby Boomers did a quick search, born in 1946 to 1964. Their age in 2019 when this study, when the generations were defined was 55 to 73. So we're looking at a little bit of an increase there, though not very much. And... You know, I was not 100% sure where the word boomers came from, but you're defined as being the generation by the boom in U.S. births following the World War II. So I just thought y'all were movers and shakers because I know all y'all and that's just your personality. (laughs) So, okay. So before we started recording, we were having a little bit of a conversation about Generation Z, who they're the oldest in that generation is 23 and younger. And when they recorded their episode, they kind of went rogue and had their own questions without (laughs) telling us, which is, you know, awesome. But some of those questions were really darn good. And we might work some of those in with you guys because they're really good. But just very quickly, we're going to get into some basics here and we can round robin, jump in, you know, if you want to participate or say a little something, but how would you describe your generation in one word? Um, <laughs> silence. Hardworking. Hardworking. Goal-oriented. I think mm-hmm. when we were born, there was that known thing that you could achieve something, right? Mm-hmm. So you became goal-oriented. You were raised by folks from the Depression who worked hard. So I think there was a, a work ethic in there. But yeah, I think go-getters or goal-setters is big. And I think it's missed in some of the more recent generations, which is interesting. And we're highly competitive. Yes. <laughs> yes. Highly Friendly competitive. but competitive. <laughs> Working. I would just say 
if it's one word, I don't know, I'd say hardworking. So I'm at the very tail end Mm -hmm. of the boomer. And I feel like there's a little bit of discrepancy even between the first ones and the the final ones. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah. Yes. Because I look at my mom and, you know, she had me really young. So she's a boomer too. Mm -hmm. And she was a little different than me. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain that, you know, totally, but she worked because she wanted to work outside the home and it was every day, you know, and, and I do too, but at the same time, it was a little different. And then I still wanted to have that at home family life as well, if that makes Balance sense. Between work and family. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Phil, what would you say? One word to describe baby boomers. Well, I would say we were impressionable. I mean, we, we sort of led the world in our direction because we were so many. We, we were the, like the pig in the python, if you know what I mean. The, the python swallowed the pig, and you can see where the, the pig went. I mean, we were that huge population that uh, had so much impact on, on the way the world was living. So, I don't know, impactful? How's that? Mm-hmm. Is that a good word? Yeah, I love that word. And I think that's appropriate as well. Uh, That's certainly been my experience. And, you know, I want to pick up a little bit what you were talking about, Lori, because when we did the episode for Gen X, you know, there is a span, there is a bit of difference between the older Gen Xers and the younger Gen Xers. You do feel that difference when analog became digital and that happened in our generation so you have those shifts in your generation that really impact the oldest from the youngest even of you so do you guys like the term baby boomer it doesn't bother me i'm not offended by it Uh, you know i'm not offended but i like movers and shakers (laughs) i'll tell you this right now i love that pat's here so yeah No impression. In in our generation, too, I mean, we protested wars. We burned bras. We fought for ecology and taking care of the planet. We fought for women getting equal pay. There's a whole lot of things that we did socially that the generation before us didn't do. There were a couple generations before us that did, you know, the suffragettes and and, you know, the people who fought for civil rights in the early 60s. And there was just a lot of social change mm. as we were growing up. So much. I mean, so much. So much I mean, social change. I mean, I walked totally different. and, you know, I did all kinds of crazy things in my youth. So um, revolutionary. How do you guys like that word? Yes. Okay. yes. Birth control yes. started in our generation and that brought on the whole free love. Mm-hmm. And the flower tree. Love, yeah. I love the one you're with. <laughs> you guys, I am I'm finding some surprises here. I like it. I think it's I love revolutionary for y'all's generation. And I think there it is a theme, like each generation has their own revolution. We're so similar because in a way, every generation has felt some sort of oppression from the the generation before them. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to see past ourselves and see that we've all kind of experienced the same things, but there are just different things going on in our generation, you know? And 
I think that's our purpose for doing this series is to find out that we're more alike than we realize. And I, this was something that I will tell you, we got, we dug into and some of the other ones, we kind of left this one for the millennials too, because we knew this one's going to be tough for them. But what are some stereotypes of your generation that people ought to know are false? Let's set the record straight. That's a tough one. That's a tough Mm -hmm. one. I actually don't know what the stereotypes think about our generation. Mm. I guess we don't like social media. Yeah, that's a good one, Lori. I'm all in that. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, I like social media. (laughs) Probably lack of um, change. Yep. You know, some can be innovative, but others are reluctant to accept change. And I don't don't actually think... Women were not career-minded. Oh, you're not career-minded. The women are not career-minded in your generation. That's false. I would agree with that, especially considering our ratio here is four to one. Sorry, Phil. I'm I'm just a token guy. (laughs) You're saying thank you. That's got to run, but we're we're still here. She'll come back. I don't know, how long, how long do you anticipate having this conversation? Probably about 10 more minutes. 15. Oh, that's all. She, not she's, that. she's gone. We can talk about her now. Okay. <laughs> well, Gail, I don't, I don't want you to lose your thought, Gail, because I think you were going to say something. I think it's generational that, I, I don't think it's boomers that are reluctant to change. I think that's human nature. I think change is hard for everyone, and you either embrace it and go with it, or you don't. I, you know, yeah. because people like living in the box because yeah. it's comfortable. And so like me, I love change. You know, when I got locked down and I had to learn, you know, this thing, I got one of those mic screens too, you see, and yeah. you know, how to do videos and Zooms and all that. I was, in, you know, in my glory, but that's not the norm for anybody. I don't think it's just baby boomers. Yeah. I, think change- I agree with Gail. I think sometimes they think we're very traditional. I, I believe that our generation, the generations of baby boomers have redefined traditional these decades that we've grown up in and, and matured in. And I also think that they, the other generations think that millennials aren't responsible or that they, but we, but we do, I know many that are. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, you know, I think they think we think differently of them, but, but we really don't. We really the don't. Most- they forget that we were doing tie-dye and batik back in the 60s and 70s, and we were making our own instead of buying it. And we were creative types, and we were a little crazy, and we did things to rub our parents the wrong way. And I think every generation does that. I mean, I had purple hair and a brush cut, and you know, it was before punk really hit the states. And you know, I was wild child. I was a hippie for a while too, and. Anything that was against that was, that was just last week. Oh yeah, and so my my friends from years ago, exactly. My friends from years ago laugh now at how quote unquote conservative I am because I was I was counterculture all the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can still see that. I didn't know you back then, Gail, but I can still. You stand out in a crowd to me yeah. with from a style <laughs> perspective and personality. Well, I, I love that. And, and I will say just like working with baby boomers and technology, 
sometimes there is a little bit of a learning curve for sure, right? Because I feel that even like my niece Bella is 11 and she picks up technology faster than I do because she was doing it in the womb, I think. But even, but baby boomers to me, you guys learn so quickly and you're ready to take on, even if you don't know. We're not afraid to solicit them for help, you know? I mean, right. You know, we realized that. Yeah, I think that we value relationships. And, you know, I think about our generation growing up, you know, I was in Girl Scouts, we were in all these organizations. And, you know, I don't know what the stats are today, you know, especially with what's happened with Boy Scouts and all this other. But, you know, we also were very volunteer and service oriented, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying we're more so than the others, but when we make a commitment, we, we tend to fulfill it. Right. It's okay. You can go hard at them, you know, it also, sometimes I wonder about the, when you think about the world, I mean, where did you grow up? That takes on a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Um, see, it's also the other thing about baby boomers. And I did some, I looked at it and I know 61% they are saying, now this has changed since people are leaving the church, but majority say religion is important to them as a baby boomer. Interesting. But, yeah. But now they're, I don't know what it is. They're saying that people are leaving the church and yeah. I've actually started giving directly to the need instead of through using the church Interesting. with my giving, because I know it's going directly where I want my gift to go. Okay. So uh, you're, you're uh, saying you're seeing us change as well. And you're adapting with the times, which I think is super interesting and important. Well, we're, we're going to dive. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lori. I was just going to say one more thing is that we have a love for country, no matter how that is manifested. But I think because it was post-World War II, you know, a lot of boomers grew up with parents who fought in the war and others too. Really lost friends in vietnam yeah yes yeah. yeah. so we we're just that's a big thing i think that i feel like is is somewhat becoming lost and it's not Patriot just the system. love for country but mm-hmm. the honor and the respect for where we live and the good things that we really have here yeah so, you're you're talking about patriotism right Lori? like yes, you yes. guys are a very patriotic generation yes, yes. So Chantel, you're not of the baby boomer generation. Tell us what some of the stereotypes are. You know, it's I was interesting. Ask, what, what do they mm-hmm. think of us? What is it that, that <laughs> they think of the boomers? Um, so when you say they, do you mean all three of the generations after yours? Um, I well, think, it's your question, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, what sir. Is, what is wrong? <laughs> Point well taken. What is incorrect? Um, I, I think that each generation probably has a different viewpoint of the baby boomer generation for me, Jen, I'm Jen X and our parents are boomers, right? So we have probably a different viewpoint and look at, at boomers. Whereas our kids who are Gen Z, you, you guys, the baby boomers are grandparents to Gen Z. So I think what I see in my own family makeup is my children who are Gen Z who are a very frugal and cautiously minded generation, surprisingly, actually have more in common with baby boomers than I do. 
for example, where we, my generation is like really the early adopters of technology. So we tend to be a little bit more frustrated by the, di by the difference. Whereas like my son, for example, is very close to my parents and they're very similar, you know, and they're, they're baby boomers. So, and they, my generation is the most has the generation. So Gen X is the generation with the most divorced parents. Really? So lots of divorced baby boomers, couples, right? We mm -hmm. were the first latchkey kids. Right. Yes. Because there were so yes. many women who were entering the workforce yes. and dual income families and all of that. And so I think our experience is a little bit different, but for some reason, my kids who are Gen Z and younger, they just kind of view that they they're they are a different they are patriotic but in a different way do you know what i mean they're frugal but in a different way and there seems to be more commonality there so i think it really does depend on what generation you ask it was every other generation because as kids you know we always fought against our parents and the way our parents did things right right and then it skips a generation they're mm -hmm. fighting what you did so they're probably more like us right Yep, 100%. And like my grandparents are in the, we're sometimes referred to as the silent generation. It's the generation before years, but we like to call them traditionalists. Mm -hmm. And I feel a deep connection to that generation. And like so much so you'll see a lot of like makers coming out of my generation, people who are homesteading who are really adopting, like we did a couple of episodes with my grandmother during the pandemic where she was giving tips that she learned from being a child of the depression on how to kind of like be self-sufficient and survive. And I think it's kind of one of those things where you always want what you don't have. Mm -hmm. So our generation's really, we're buying farms, we're leaving corporate jobs. We're mm -hmm. like, you know, we're doing some of stuff. Lots of photographers and artists have come out of our generation as well. So I think it just kind of depends on who, which generation you ask. It is because I noticed that there's a lot more bravery and courage in your generation to just all of a sudden at a very, you know, I mean, to me, a young age to go out and embark on your own business. Mm -hmm. That's brave and courageous. Yes. And I was too conservative, you know, and not risk taker. And I just was like, kind of stayed steady in what I was doing instead of, you know, it depends on if you have a real passion for something too that you want to launch. Yes. Well, it's so funny because Phil, when the question was asked of generation X, so my generation right after yours, the one word, the one word that we're known for is cynical and being a very cynical generation, we are risk takers for sure, but we were also the kids who were like, go outside and don't come back till the street lights are on. So we parented ourselves a lot because our parents were both out in the workforce. So it's just so interesting. Yeah. This has been some of the most interesting research that we've ever done mm -hmm. for this series. So I wanna get to some of these other questions because I know you guys are gonna just blow me away with these answers. So. What is the best way to market or promote to your generation? <laughs> voice to voice. Phone, phone. Voice to voice, either in person or on the phone. And so since I know, Lori, you're still in business. I'm still in business. Phil, you're still in business. We've had to learn that other generations like text better. So we've mm -hmm. had to adapt to that. But for the generations, when I'm dealing with clients, that are in my generation or older, it's pick up the phone and call them and talk to them voice to voice. 
it's not technology driven. And I don't know that it's not because you don't like technology. It's like what Marsha said earlier, we value relationships mm -hmm. and you get that emotion when you're talking in person or on a phone or even on Zoom better than if you text because that emotion doesn't come across no matter how many emojis and capital letters and exclamation points you put in on it. Yeah, I think it's the how many LOLs. <laughs> like reading the newspaper, you know, you, you, that's why sometimes from a marketing perspective, if you just decide to take all print out, mm -hmm. then, you know, you're missing an audience there. Of course. A customer. So you have to kind of consolidate it and be able to reach. I mean, it depends on what you're, what audience you're trying to, demographic you're trying to target. I will say that one of the largest groups on Facebook is women ages, I want to say... 50, 45 plus. 45 and up. Yes. Mm -hmm. It, it what used to be 55 and then it went up to like 60. Yeah. So <laughs> it just seems like, and it, and it depends too on what you're looking at with that, you know, whether you're working for a, a tourist driven community or, you know, who you're trying to reach, if it's visitors or locals or, you know, whatever audience you're trying to reach, even in the age demographic. But mm -hmm. I have noticed that it's, it's a big push up there. Well, you, guys, you guys are segueing into a great question, which is what social media platform do you use? Which one do you use the most? Marsha's saying none because she retired. She is so happy to not be on anything. And well, I am I jealous. I out for my niece that she's having a boy and I didn't even know it was on Facebook. She goes, I didn't know you weren't anymore. So she's going to text me now. But, you know, <laughs> I don't miss it. It was just consuming my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know from a business standpoint, you have to because of your consumer base, but it's, it's a different chapter of my life as a baby boomer. Bill, how do you use social media? I'm curious. So still being in business, and it's only been six months since I jumped back in from retirement. I mean, I was using Facebook just to keep up with my kids, just to follow what they're doing. And I, you know, and, and now I'm not using it all that much, but Instagram seems to have taken over and I'm able to communicate or meet with other businesses mm -hmm. on Instagram. And I'm finding that that's, that's really a neat, a neat way to uh, at least get to know some people. Now, I think the best way to sell to folks like us in our generation is, is to build a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's, it's to shake hands. It's to, meet face to face it's to have a conversation if you can't do that over the phone as opposed to you know looking at, at something or hearing something uh, or looking at instagram or facebook i think a relationship is the best way to do it yeah i agree i call it mayberry i call it mayberry and, and yeah. mayberry? because people still want <laughs> to know you and i, I don't know that that's really an age thing, but I think it probably is more important for the baby boomers, but have, gaining that trust as far as a business wise and even personal, you know, too. Yeah. Like, like our networking group, right, Lori? Mm -hmm. And I don't know that generation X or Z wouldn't embrace it. I don't think they've been exposed to it. It's interesting you should say that, Gail, because we talk a lot about trust, especially in marketing and advertising and how brands build trust, but we seem to be getting away from that one-to-one -one relationship building. And I think that's something that we all 
all of us uh, generations after the baby boomers can learn that how do we expect to truly build trust if we're not willing to take the time to introduce ourselves and to be connected in a way that's really human. Yeah, I mean, and it's on the and on the. Uh, I just did an article for you, Lori. Just sent it to you. Yes, and, and I have it. it was a checklist for <laughs> new homeowners, and one of the things was is to create your emergency list of vendors, mm-hmm. right? So you know, so that if your air conditioner blows up, you've got a phone number, and you don't have to go looking for it. And the way people find those people is they talk to other people to find out which are the ones that they like. So they do have to have a relationship somewhat because you're just not going to go down the phone book and pick anybody when you're right. going to be spending five, 10, 15, $20,000. You are going to take a testimonial from somebody that you know, like, and trust. And yeah. so that's where those networking things come in. Lori and I have been in, in our group since the beginning and we trust each and every one of us in our group to send business to or take business from, because uh, we know we're going to see each other next Thursday. So we better yeah. treat those clients. Tomorrow. Right? Tomorrow. Yes. You know, Chantel, has there been any kind of feedback in the other groups and other generations about sales orientation and, you know, the, the skill sets that we're looking for mm-hmm. today? I mean, even, you know, being coming from a charitable organization and fundraising world, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I came with these connections and long-term relationships, so I could deal, I didn't have to do face-to-face because they knew me and we built that trust. But, you know, trying to get in with people today because they're all so busy, but trying to sell your platform. And, you know, I see some of the younger generation, they're really coming from the creative industries a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't have any stats on that, but I just think opinion, but they have a tendency to spend. I don't know what they're doing as far as their personal finances. Cause I've been a mentor for young professionals trying to tell them to put away hundred dollars a paycheck or $10, whatever it is to start building your nest egg. So when you have enough, you can invest it in to build up your retirement. But, you know, we were always more savers, I think, cause we mm-hmm. knew what our parents in the previous generation went through with the crash. And yes. I mean, just recently people are now making it me, you know, that are in my age group are telling me, well, maybe you need to go take your cash out of the bank right now. Cause they didn't know what was going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. hearing all this political stuff, you know, it's a different mindset. It is a different mindset. It's interesting because I will say that here at Francis Wright, I'm the oldest person here. And sometimes, I mean, I, I think everybody, I know everybody here values relationships, but in terms of like, I'm the business developer here. And I was trained by a baby boomer who really made me understand the value. It's having a client relationship is one thing where you're mutually respected and it's fine, but turning that person into a friend, it's very difficult to fire your friend, right? It's very, as long, you know, building that relationship so that it evolves and is much more than that, where you're interested in that person's life and they're interested in your life and they can see you from a more human aspect. And I don't know that we're losing that necessarily, but you can see it dwindling in terms of like, you know, it's more about how many contacts and not so much the quality of those contacts, right? So I can go out into the internet and get like a thousand leads, 
but I would be very hard pressed to find you three ladies to stand up for me in a room full of people and say how much you love our business and working with us. So, and you all three did that, which (laughs) shocked me. And I guess it shouldn't have shocked me, but now hearing you say that that testimonial is so important to you, that means you understand the value of giving it. Yes. And that was just like a light bulb moment for me. Like I have never had any, like people go to bat for us like that. Like that was just, I I went home to Greg and I was like, this is why we're doing what we're doing. You know, like it was so huge, but how do we train that value and understanding in the younger generations so that it's not lost generations like mine? Like, how do we continue to offer them those moments, get them involved in groups? Like, how do you get more young people to be involved in groups like Rotary? How do you get more, you know, so that you can witness these these things firsthand? Because that blew me away. I was like, I, I went home and I was like, I want to be a part of this group. I don't care what it takes. Like, this is worth my time. It's going to be worth my talent, like offering, like, what can I offer these people? Because they're good people and I want to be a part of good people. How do we make sure that the generations after baby boomers, like really value and understand those relationships? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think on our side, we need to break down the barriers and ourselves and say, and not look at them as a younger generation or anything different and just say, come on, join us and do things like what we did with you. You know, when you were there, you just saw it. And so then you obviously want to be a part of it. And because they're there too, there's a, you know, a preconception of what Rotary is, I think, to a lot of people, you know, my grandfather was in a, the Lions Club, <laughs> you know, and I always right. thought it was like this old person thing, you know, <laughs> but well, that's you know, exactly on, right. On, yes. And so yeah. on our side, you know, I did the same thing, Chantel, I went and I visited and I was blown away. And yeah. so even I was too, And but just not looking at the age groups at mm-hmm. all, but just saying, come on, recognizing the talent or the, the wisdom that's in them already mm-hmm. and being able to just be accommodating. Yeah, I don't, know if you can, I don't know if you can teach it to the people that are already in their 20s and 30s. I think it's something that they have to pick it up right? To see the value. I don't know if you can train people to see the value and thing. I mean, we've got some younger members in Rotary that we don't see very often. Right. Therefore, they don't see the value or whatever else they're doing, they see as more value. Or maybe there's not enough of their generation where they feel comfortable. I don't know what that answer is. I will tell you that our Rotary Club is one of the younger Rotary Clubs. Yeah, y'all are feisty. We are feisty. We are Rotary clubs that sing at every meeting. Feisty and fun. Y'all are feisty. Okay. <laughs> so, work hard and play hard. Exactly. Yeah. We work hard, play hard. When when Dave Morrow asked me if I had ever thought about joining Rotary, I looked at him and I go, "Isn't that just an old white men's club?" <laughs> no offense, Phil. No offense. <laughs> My my membership did nothing to lower the age, the average age of the club. When I was was in my mid-20s, early 30s and joining networking groups, you couldn't join Rotary, right? You were female. So, I mean, that was my conception. It was a good old boys club. And and Dave said, you know, oh, no, we let women in because women make sure we get everything done. Well, let's, let's talk about that glass ceiling shattering for a moment because I've heard that's Marsha Cole. 
<laughs> be Jeannie Daly and Sam Seavers. Who's yeah, I told him I wasn't going to be the first woman to break them up because they were sponsors and volunteers of mine. So, right. <laughs> and I was just transferring because I was already one. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's what you put into things that you get out of it. Yeah. And, you know, you just want to instill those principles in the younger generation and, you know, trying to wear that mentor hat when you can. But it's what makes up the world, you know, and all these different and complexities, but we have a lot of fun. <laughs> we do, but we have a real strong work ethic. You yes, know? We, do. We, we do have a lot of respect for our elders. Yes. And that was the one thing I, I said at my father's eulogy in his eulogy that he taught us all to find the good in everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and try to find peace, compromise, you know, you know, we're not all perfect. We got to give a little bit. It's there's an age thing too because I think you know if you think back to when when we were all in our early 20s and stuff we were trying to make our own way for us right, right. yeah and I think as you get older you understand the value of giving even more mm-hmm. right maybe you're just trying to rack up some points so you get in the pearly gates I don't know what it is but you know you tend to want to give back after you have made yours you have yeah. you have found something in you, whether it's monetarily or time or talent, that you want to give back into the world because you know that that hand that's open to give is also open to receive. Right. Because the younger generation that it might be members of Rotary, if they're not engaged, it's true with any organization. But I mean, they're not receiving the benefit. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not participating with that commitment. Yeah. Well, you guys are a delight. We went a little bit over time, but I that gives us a little bit of room, but I think there's so much wisdom here and there's a lot that all of us can learn from you guys and the answers to the questions and just kind of hearing, I, I, I feel like a huge takeaway is the focus on relationships and that's certainly something that I know I could do a better job of and I, I think that we're all going to have a huge takeaway from that, so Thank you guys so much for giving us your time and being very open and candid about your responses. Thank well, you for your time. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes. Hey, no, I got to know your personality a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little scary. It's a little scary. <laughs> I love it. I like it. I want to I know why you're sitting in front of a picture of Detroit, Michigan. Because that's where I'm, that's home for me. Well, because I know it's Detroit, because I lived in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Which is where I used I'm, to get my hair cut and dyed purple. <laughs> <laughs> in her 20s. And, we, and we, we would take a picture of Detroit. So that picture was taken from Windsor, Ontario. Yes, it across was. Across the river. Yes, it was. There you go. I went oh, to beautiful. high school. I went to high school about three blocks on this back from there. Right. We used to hang wow. out town with all the junkies, hookers, and small-time loan sharks. It's a great upbringing. Yeah. <laughs> You're not, not too far from Tiger Stadium, huh? No, nope, not too far from Tiger Stadium. I, I was there every opening day. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I was a big fan, too, so there you go. There you go. It's awesome. I think uh, all, all generations love travel. So we all have something in common. There you go. That yeah. is right. right. A commonality, and that's just one of them. I am I so happy at the bit to get my passport out to go to another country. You just, me too. You know, and I'm going with you, Gail. You know, I'm going with coming. You're coming yeah. with me. 
I'm okay. very excited. Well, I'm probably have... going to go back to Paris first. Okay, so I'm fine. Be okay with Paris. I'm when fine. They open Paris up. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. ready Let to go back to Paris too. There we go. Well, I've no. never been, so I might go. There you go. <laughs> Come on. I can <laughs> Well, I'm going to cut this off because they're going to kill me in the editing team. But I, <laughs> I have really loved this conversation, and I have loved how positive you all are and how much I've learned about your generation. So thank you for everything that you have done for us. And I mean that not just for this podcast, but for all of us who were born after you. So thanks for that. <laughs> Love you guys. We had nothing to do Anytime. with that. Right? <laughs> if you have a question for any of these feisty people, you can email us hello at francisroy.com. Oh, guys, before I leave, I'm going to take a photo of us really quick. So everybody look at the camera and smile. <laughs> Perfect. And please send us your questions. We're going to shoot this out on social media. Uh, Facebook too. We'll tag all of you guys. Instagram as well, Phil, since you love that platform. I'm very excited to hear that. And this ends our series on generations. We can't wait to hear what y'all think. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.